From the Sporting News Studios, this is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Matt Litevsky. Big week, big week, guys. Week 11. They're all big. They're all big. They're all big now. Especially this time of year, yeah. God, must win. So many must wins. I don't know on. if it's must win territory yet. People uh, throw that around. It's yeah. close. I throw it around. I throw it for myself, but I'm definitely gonna lose. For my so. team, it's definitely must win. Four and six right now. Gotta yeah, win. Gotta win out here. That's really must win. I'm six and four, so you're like, oh, you can lose, but I really don't want to. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. All right. As always, we're gonna go over the highest trending players of the week. We're gonna go over the good matchups, bad matchups, and really sort of try to dig into that because that's what's most important at this time of year. Making just you can't play a bust. Nope, you just can't. Uh, but every single week we start by looking back at what we got wrong the previous week. But we didn't do a show last week. That's true. So that means we got nothing. So we wrong. can pretend like we got everything right. There we go. Which we didn't. <laughs> uh, but no, we do still have some stuff we got wrong. And uh, one thing, just in general, we'll be honest here. Like we don't have to be, but. We will be. That I definitely got wrong from my survivor pool was putting trust in Brian Hoyer, which, you know, why would you ever do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, know why that. I did that. Did I, I'm trying to remember on Sunday morning, did I say to trust Hoyer more? Yeah. I was said, on your train? Because ultimately my decision came down to switch to Bears once it was announced Jeff Driscoll was going to start for the Lions right. and trust Mitch Trubisky, yeah. which I could just as easily be sitting here right now saying, why did I trust Mitch right. Trubisky or stick with the Colts? Play Hoyer, because uh, I had already burned the Ravens, I think, and then the Saints, who were the most popular pick in Survivor Pools, they lost. Yep. Anyway, and my recommended pick that I get uh, from, from the site I was using to spit out recommended picks was the Chiefs, who lost. So, you know, now it was like 80% of Survivor Pools got knocked out. The thing about Hoyer, though, is he killed me in fantasy, too, because I had Zach Paschal and Marlon Mack. Yeah. And I really feel like he just killed that entire offense. That's the Brian Hoyer hat trick right there. So if he's starting again this week, how do you feel about the Colts? Playing the Jags, a better defense. You can't feel good about that. About um, anyone, right? No. Like, you're I mean, still going to start Mac. You'll start Mac, but, and I think that's sort of where it where it ends. It, things, I think, look pretty good for Brissett right now, so maybe we don't have to yeah, worry about that. But, hopefully. Uh, Isn't it funny that Jacoby Brissett is like, like we need oh, God, him back. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's back. Just what we needed. Right. And, yeah, and I should have doubted Jeff, Jeff Driscoll more. Uh, I didn't. But, I mean, he was actually, uh, he wasn't he was okay. a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I do think, you know, we saw Kenny Galladay got the 47-yard touchdown, so it was like, oh, he had a good week. Right. Other than that, two catches on eight targets for 10 yards. I know Kenny Galladay is the type of guy who can have that one big play, whether it's just a touchdown or a long or a long touchdown in this case, best of both worlds. But I just don't – I don't really like that offense at all with no Stafford. No, it hurts. I, I do think Galladay stays a starting receiver, but uh, – Yeah. And, and the running back situation obviously keeps getting messier and messier. Well, that's just a complete mess. I mean, against the Cowboys, God, it's tough to sit someone like Galladay. To me, he's right on that line this week if Driscoll's starting because they're one of the best teams. Now, the Bears were one of the best teams against wide receivers too. So, you know, I guess he proved he did it there. But, boy, I, I would feel great. 
about anyone except for Hawkinson just because of the matchup and just because of the position he plays. Right. But obviously, he hasn't done hardly anything this year since we won anyway. So that's, uh, yeah, doubt Jeff, Jeff Driscoll more. So we we lead off the podcast by talking about Brian Hoyer Why wouldn't and you? Jeff Driscoll. Why wouldn't you? It's week 11. The NFL in 2019, that's here we are. everyone expected. All right, let's get to the highest training players of the week. We always use a different search engine. Because Google, too corporate, too much censorship. We don't we don't go for that. That's why I'm a big torch guy. I don't know if you are. You torch things, all right. I torch stuff all the time. Uh, it says here a million hidden page results. This is that weird line of like, is it dark web? Is it deep web? Am I getting shady stuff? This this sounds like what I've seen. Instagram is just going to start getting rid of everything. And they there was a report they were going to get rid of likes. So like, could I have a million hidden likes? Like, Maybe. I could tell you. And you, like, wouldn't know, you wouldn't know the difference. I don't like the idea of hidden web pages. Why no. are they hidden? Right. Anyway. I mean, so, I don't know. Some of our fantasy advice should probably be hidden. Well, you know, well, yeah, that's true. All right, let's torch some of these guys, see how All they're right. doing. Devontae Freeman, he's a big one right off the bat. I heard his foot, toe, something in that area. And uh sounds like he's going to be out. At least uh, yeah. I like the Ian Rappaport. Could be out, what was it, like some weeks? Yeah, some, was, could miss some time, I think, yeah, is thanks. what the initial thing thanks, was. Thanks, Ian. So anyway, <laughs> we feel pretty confident he's not playing this week. That puts Brian Hill as the starter. Came in last week, had over 20 touches, 71 total yards. Didn't do a lot with it, but he was playing one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Still managed a receiving touchdown. This week, going against Carolina, who's really been one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, certainly since week five. They've just been, I think, 13 total running back touchdowns they've given up over the, over the last five games. Uh, so good spot for Brian Hill yeah. should have been the most popular waiver pickup this week. I don't know why he isn't owned in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues, yeah, even after waivers cleared. That's weird to me. Yeah. But, but he's still out there in a lot of leagues. Go right. get him, start him this week. Yep. I mean, what can we really expect from this guy who, you know, is basically an unknown to most people. Right. Um, you know, I think he'd like 20 touches last week. I mean, eight, 17 to 20 touches, probably again, you're probably looking at. Not a super efficient day, but that offense will move the ball against Carolina. They'll have a chance or two to score. Yeah. Um, they, they involve him in the passing game a little bit. Just like visually watching him, he looks like a, a pretty decent he's runner. He's big. He's got size. He's got a little agility for yeah. a big dude. I, I think, you know, he'll, he'll put up a decent fantasy day. Probably. I mean, it's I think the receiving numbers are a little bit questionable in terms of are they going to see, you know, because Devontae Freeman did a lot in the receiving game. They're going right. to stick with him. It's a Kenyon Barner revenge game. That's yep. huge. Yep. That is big. They got that rookie, too, who I think a lot of people liked in camp. Kadri. Yeah. So who just sounds fast. Yep. Anytime you have that name, you're in the sound Buffalo, fast. New York sound. That's Kadri right. Allison. So it's just one of those things with him where I think you're going to play him in all formats. He should be a good play because of the matchup. Now, obviously, last week, the touches were helped by them having a lead. Yeah, where definitely. The road game, outdoors, November, Matt Ryan, typically not his strongest suit. Sounds like without Austin Hooper, if they fall behind early, then that's really going to hurt them. So you kind of never know with this Falcons offense in general. That goes to almost every player on that team. But I think you get, you're at least going to take the chance this week. Right. If, if he, he feels like a kind of guy that's either going to get, you know, 15 carries yeah. or get like 12 with four catches. Yeah. Right. Like he'll cheap. be on the field. He'll get a lot of action. Should be. Yeah. So now Austin Hooper, I just mentioned him, hurt, uh, sprained knee. He'll be out a while. Obviously, one of the top tight ends in fantasy this year. Luke Stocker is the guy who's going to step in, probably get most of the snaps at tight end. And it doesn't feel like we can trust him, but at the same time, in Seattle, when Will Disley went down, we thought we can't trust anyone here. And now Jacob Hollister's just killing it yeah. every week. Yeah, I feel like Stocker's got a little more uh, 
track record of, of okay. going different places and not really being much <laughs> right? of anything. So I think I think you can pretty much write him off. Um, Probably. But but who knows? I mean, if, I certainly, if I had Hooper on my team, I wouldn't want to be picking up Stalker's no, replacement this week. No. And then the question would be, okay, so what's the fallout then? Because you look at the receivers, they already got rid of Muhammad Sanu. Kevin Ridley's up and down. We know that. Honestly, Julio Jones has kind of been up and down as well. Yeah. But, you know, you don't worry about him. And then that leads to your boy, Russell Gage. Does he step up, get more targets? I mean, they got to go somewhere. Right, they do. Um, I could see them going more... Getting Justin just Hardy on the more. field more too, just yeah, because he's maybe. bigger, and you're sort of missing your bigger target in yeah. Hooper. But um, I still think we could see I, some stalker red zone I, I'm action. Sure but he'll be out there. You yeah, know? but you're not going to. I don't him. know if that means anything. But yeah, he'll be out there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Now this is this is one a really weird situation. I feel there's so much information that we we don't know about this uh but tyler lockett he, he left you know monday night's game early they show him on the bench during overtime sitting there looking really bummed and dejected then we find we get some real ominous like it's not good it's not good he's in the hospital for two days and then we just get the report from adam Schefter. I mean, he's gonna be fine for after seattle's by and be ready to go week 12 right no real explanation like we get leg contusion right but i don't know why you'd be in the hospital for two days there had to be some complications there that we're just not privy to uh but the bottom line is if he's okay and he'll be fine you know after the bye you know he's fine obviously dk metcalf still the number two but then josh gordon who made a couple big catches in overtime but really didn't do anything the rest of the game. Right. Where does he fit in now with Seattle? Should he even be on fantasy rosters? He feels like the kind of guy who can like be on the end of your bench. I mean, I'm picturing like on my team, I've got Corey Davis on my team, right? And yeah, you don't what, have to have him. That's could have traded him to me. That's true. But I mean, in a given week, what's his upside really? Right. I mean, it's probably not that different from a Josh Gordon. And it feels yeah. like Gordon has room where like if Lockett were to miss time, all of a sudden if Gordon's the number two. He's got a lot more upside, maybe than than a Davis or, mm-hmm. or the receiver that you've got on the end of your bench. Yeah. Um, so I think he he's definitely a guy that should be on most fantasy rosters, but I don't think you can can possibly count on him for anything if Lockett and Metcalf are healthy. Yeah, that's just it. That's why to me, especially at this time of year, unless unless you're really good with you know, this is not a dynasty league, of course, but if you're really good with your your standing and you're planning ahead, and you're you know maybe you have Lockett or Metcalf right. and view Gordon as a handcuff. I don't know. I don't think you need him. I think that that roster spot might be better served either with a handcuff running back, even if it's not your own handcuff, yeah. but just playing that type of game. He could definitely come in handy. In this Lockett thing, I think there's still there's still developments that are going to happen there. Right, so. right. The buy obviously makes it trickier because then you're, yeah. you're pick, you'd be picking up a guy to stash a guy that's on a buy. Because it's easy to say too, like, well, that was his first game with the team, so it's only gonna you know his involvement's only gonna go up. But I think he played 28 snaps. Yeah. About a third, yeah. I'm not, especially now that Jacob Hollister is just a target machine, right? And they're going to run Carson 20 plus times a game, yeah. So I'm not as excited about Gordon, but all right, let's go to the the other side of that that game with George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders. Kittle already hurt. Emmanuel Sanders hurting his ribs in the first or injuring his ribs in the first quarter. Don't know. I haven't really heard much about. We haven't heard anything. I mean, that was an innocuous play because he he didn't really. I mean, he got jammed a little bit off the line. Mm-hmm. But then, like mid route, he's like starts grabbing at his ribs. But yeah. like, like Julian Edelman this earlier this year hurt his ribs on a play. He got crushed. Right? right. You were like, oh, that makes sense. I 
I mean, plays there's a week. chance it's a muscle and not, they right. called it a ribs injury, but I mean, I don't think it's like a classic, like his ribs broken. But, right. So I don't really know what's up. So there. we'll have to find out. Debo Samuel kind of took over for him, was really good. Yep. He's been a favorite around here for a while. Him and Traquan Smith, we really, and Auden Tate, we yep, want to really guys. make those three guys happen. And yep. maybe, maybe it's coming this week, but uh, yeah, I think with Kittle, I've heard he's not going to play this week either. You know, nothing's sort of official by any means. But against Arizona, that's huge for Ross Dwelly. He was a preseason favorite around here (laughs) when we were writing or we were editing and posting preseason DFS content. Ross Dwelly was a big, I forget what week that was, but. Uh, I I remember that the picture, the split picture we had for that story, I believe it was Ross Dwelly and Tom Brady. Well, I thought it was Stidham. Oh, it was. You're right. Yeah. It was Stidham. So it was like you look yeah, at it quick. It was week four. Yeah, you look at it quick. You're like, Brady and Kittle? Kittle? Right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, so it's just an interesting situation, but I think Dwelly should be on teams because, look, if he plays against Arizona, he's going to produce. Yeah. And he got the targets last week. Now, granted, there was a full overtime. Right. I don't remember how many looks he got in overtime, but I think he had six targets, six yeah. or seven, and he just didn't do much with right. it. But you're going to want to start. Like, you're going to legit want to start him and not as just sort of a oh i guess i can throw this penny in a wishing well like you're starting him over like he's probably going to be eight in our rankings yeah. if he if he plays right I, I agree with that and and he's like exactly the kind of guy that that if you have hooper like right pounce on dwell yeah right for now. this week then you worry about yeah. next week when right. you get there right and uh, he even saw more involvement before kiddo got hurt a little bit i mean not yeah. not that you're going to keep him when mm-hmm. kiddo gets back but but they were sort of trying to to phase him in a little bit right well, in the, in the last time they faced Arizona, that was when, when Kittle got hurt, so right. he was kind of in and out. Right. Um, and then Samuel, you know, again, Arizona not good against receivers either. So he, I think he's definitely in play if Sanders is out. Yeah, but I, I do think if Sanders plays, though, yeah. you sort of got to stay away. Yeah. It's kind of too risky there. And then the last guy we'll talk about, two guys, David Johnson, who's just the bane of fantasy owners existing. And the, this is going to carry over to next year, too. Like, I guess David Johnson is kind of, you know, he's he's almost missed a full season with injury. He was kind of disappointing last year. And now this year is just a train wreck. And I think he's going to be one of these write-offs, like fourth round next year. Yeah. Uh, because you can't start games, and it's not his fault, but this is the second time this year he's been active, started a game, and barely played. Right. And, you know, and then he even lost a fumble. Just insult to injury last week. So Kenyon Drake, way more touches. Cliff Kingsbury this week was, he's like, yeah, obviously David Johnson isn't healthy. Why would you think he was? It's like, well, because he played him. He wasn't on the injury report. So fantasy owners at this point, what do you do with with David Johnson? To me, he's just firmly on your bench. Yep, I think so. I mean, he's the type of guy who could have a big, I don't know. But at this point, why would he be getting healthier at this point? Well, certainly, and, I, and you certainly aren't going to play him until you see some evidence that like yeah. he's going to get more than like five touches. Something positive. And we have no evidence of that, like no, you said. No. So now you have Kenyon Drake. They're playing San Francisco, second time in three weeks. He ran all over them when they played last time. Sort of a mild shock, I would say, since he'd only been with the team it's three and a half three days. days ago, yeah. So it's easy to think, oh, he can do that again. This game's in San Francisco. They're still one of the best, I think, third fewest running back fantasy points per game. I, I don't like him this week, especially because Johnson's probably going to be active. Right. And so, we're you know, best case is like five fewer touches than he would get. Uh, and that's Johnson basically doing nothing again. I don't know. I wouldn't want to play him. I'll put it that way. I think in PPR you probably are for sure. But in standard, I'd, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too excited. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think he's 
in a in a little bit of a longer term look though. Drake, Drake, yeah, is talented in that offense with its with its pace, and we were sort of excited about mm-hmm. David Johnson because of that. We well, saw he was Chase doing had, well. Well, right, and we then we yeah. saw what Chase Edmonds could do. Like, right. if Drake happens to now sort of be that guy, like after this week, he'll probably be a pretty good play most weeks. Well, and that Chase Edmonds is another one. When's he coming back? And yeah, he'll probably be involved yeah, to some degree. That'll make it even more. Uh, but fun. it does feel like David Johnson should just be shut down at a certain point. Yeah, but and maybe he will be when Edmonds maybe gets back. right, which is maybe. why obviously you're hanging on to Drake. But just an ugly situation. And like I said, I have a feeling this is going to carry over. And I can totally see David Johnson being good next year. But yeah, fantasy owners, he's got the stink right now, <laughs> and uh, it's going to carry over for a while. All right, let's get into the good matchups and bad matchups. We're not telling you to start or sit these guys. You can make your own decisions. You're an adult. You're a grown man or woman. Don't you don't have to Some listen to us. Some kids play fantasy leagues. Yeah, I know, but they make their own decisions too. Besides, kids just play who they want to play. They're like, oh, this will be fun. This is my favorite player. I'm going to play him. When I was like 12, I was playing to win, man. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah I'm sure they want to win, but also kids are kind of dumb. Speak for yourself as a kid. Mm-mm. I was smart. So was most, most kids are dumb. All right, the <laughs> buys this week, week 11, Green Bay, the Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee. Kind of a sneaky, tough week for buys. Uh, Tennessee really only has Derrick Henry, um, maybe the tight ends. <laughs> yeah. But the other three teams, even the Giants, uh, kind of a lot of fantasy guys in a weird way yeah. with, with Ingram, obviously. Golden Tate, now Darius Slayton apparently is good. And then, of course, Saquon Barkley, another guy who— Big disappointment last week, yeah. but another guy seems to be playing hurt, but not as hurt. Right. So I don't know what to make of him. Anyway, let's get into it. Quarterback. The good matchups. These are a couple deep pulls. Uh, Ryan Finley against the Raiders and Kyle Allen against the Falcons. Uh, it's unlikely most people are playing them. But then again, the person who's in first place in our league is playing Kyle Allen this week <laughs> because he had Stafford and Goff and doesn't want to play Goff and Stafford's hurt. So. Maybe you are playing them. It's entirely possible. Uh, and a couple others, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Cardinals, Josh Allen against Miami, Derek Carr against Cincinnati. Derek Carr is a guy who had a really good three-game stretch, and then he wasn't great last week, but still fine. And fantasy guys just don't—this is what I'm talking about with the stink. This guy yeah. turned, pe- turned people off a couple years ago, and people are just like, nah, screw Derek Carr. He's got one of the best matchups you can have against Cincinnati. I think the worry, as always, with the Raiders especially, is they're just going to run all over them. They're not going to need to pass much, but we kind of thought that might happen against Detroit, and he still put up big numbers. So to me, he's the best one of this bunch. I, even, I like him even more than Josh Allen. But staying with Carr, like, I mean, how do you feel about him this week? Yeah, I think Carr and Josh Allen are both really good places, and, and Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Those are all, you know— Back end of the top ten for us, or right outside it. So, I the, think. how Jimmy G looked on uh, Monday night didn't bother you. You know, it did bother me, but I think Arizona's a great, uh, great. Well, he uh, tore him up two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. great antidote for that. So, sure. so I think he'll be fine at least in that matchup. I mean, mm-hmm. he, I, I still think he's a little bit but, all over the place. But even if Sanders and Kittle are out. So if Sanders and Kittle are out, I think I like Josh Allen and Derek Carr yeah. better than Garoppolo. But I still think there are a lot of spots where starting Garoppolo would be okay. Okay, yeah, we'll get into our bad matchups and sort of compare them to them. Um, Josh Allen's funny because I think we both like him, yeah. and it feels like he has a really high ceiling. He's just not doing that much. Right, he hasn't been getting there. Right? He's kind of been a good floor, low ceiling guy, Yeah, which that has value. But at the same time, you're also like, all right, that's it. 200. Right. Like it, feel, God, it feels like the ceiling's 220 yards passing. Right. 
It and does. I mean, they've been they've been very committed to getting yeah. the running backs in, involved. Even Frank Gore when he's mm-hmm. just old and slow. And well, and this and is a Frank Gore revenge game. So and maybe his last one ever down in his home home city. So yeah, I mean, this might be a big Gore game, right? And and if they're, uh, I mean. Probably they're not going to be trailing, which doesn't help. They, they well, haven't been, I mean, Dolphins I mean, are frisky. who knows, but like it, they're not going to be down 20, right? It shouldn't or, be. Or Allen's shouldn't just be. doing a bunch of yeah. chucking it and, and scrambling against prevent defenses and stuff. Right. So shouldn't be. I agree with you that uh, he's probably feels more exciting against the Dolphins than mm. he actually is, but he's still a solid play. Yeah, especially when you factor into the Dolphins have been better, at yeah. least somewhat. Uh, Kyle Allen, Ryan Finley, DFS tournament plays yeah you really don't want them in in uh i don't think most fantasy leagues but you know the matchups on paper are really good but then again atlanta completely shut down drew Brees last week yeah the atlanta one's weird because of that i I think oakland like it feels like finley has like an okay game and like one right bust but again it's it's more of like well unless they keep unless cincinnati keeps running it when they're down four scores well that was three scores hurt but uh, that was weird. That was a killer. If you owned any of those Cincinnati receivers and you just kept seeing Joe Mixon get carries. That was Zach Taylor point shaving as, the, oh. as they just put him on the screen over and over for That us. was, yeah. If you get, if anyone was watching that game, it was just they kept showing Zach Taylor on the well, sideline. And it was weirder because if you were watching Red Zone, you yeah. kept seeing Zach Taylor on the sideline. Standing line, there looking at his play Which is like Siciliano, like hit, hit a button here, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Come on, let's get off this. All right, bad matchups for quarterbacks. Carson Wentz against the Patriots. Kyler Murray every week. We have to talk about Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, at San Francisco, Kirk Cousins against the Broncos, Jared Goff against the Bears, and it's at home, though. I think that really matters with Goff for some reason, but the bottom line is no Cooks. I don't know how Cooper Cups. Do we know no Cooks for sure? Yeah, it's already been announced. Um, Robert Woods just hasn't done much this year. Don't know the, the deal. They can't run, though. That's what kills me is you can't run. So you think Goff would be doing more. Right. right. Uh, Bears, though, they're still good against receivers. Um and, and, you know, passing games. So I don't feel great. So this is the question where we get into, like, Jimmy G. Um, and maybe even Allen and Carr, but Garoppolo, let's say specifically. Sure. Do you like him more than these four? Um, Goff, yeah, Cousins, yes. Murray, Wentz. Yes. All of them. Uh, yes. Um, Cousins is the one where I hesitate because the Denver defense has been sort of malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, Thielen matters. Up in the air, yeah. right? So that that and they have a that. week twelve bye. Like I just don't think they're going to. It doesn't play seem him. like they'd play Thielen, but again, if he was playing, it helps yeah. Cousins obviously. Uh, yeah, a ton. Um, but yeah, I think I'd play Garoppolo over all four. I think Wentz, Murray, Cousins, and Goff all sort of have a, a serious bust potential that I don't think Garoppolo yeah, big, has. Big bust like, potential. They could have like five point fantasy days. Right. Um, and Jimmy G's getting something right. It, Couple yeah. scores, maybe. Yeah, I think Goff is the. I like kind of him the most out of this group. I agree with that. Wentz is, Wentz is weird. It feels like he always gets his points. Yeah, but I don't. He kind of doesn't. And look, New England is very tough to assess. I think because they really did feast on cupcakes, mm-hmm. and then. You know, in Pittsburgh week one, they were healthy and they were and they shut them down. Right. So it's like we can't include them because it wasn't Mason Rudolph. But and then they faced a really, you know, or a good team. And last time we saw them and they didn't they got, you know, but that's such a unique team right. in Baltimore. So it's gosh, it's tough to say. But uh, yeah, I'm not excited about Wentz at all either. I think Murray's going to get shut down. Yeah, he had his big week last week. Good for him. And Cousins, I don't like it all against even average defenses. Right. I just think they're going to run. So, so you're not that concerned about how bad the Rams have looked the last couple of weeks? I mean, like, to 
What would you do with Goff versus Jimmy G? Uh, yeah, I'd probably play Garoppolo, but I, it's uh, yeah. I just think I'd play the matchup there, but yeah. I, I do think Goff can be fine. I'll put it that way. Like right. I'm, he still has Cooper Cup. He still has Gerald Everett. Right. Everett should have a good game this yeah. week, and etc. All right, running back. Some good matchups here. Brian Hill, we already talked about him. The Bills guys against Miami. Damian Williams against the Chargers in Mexico. And Kalen Balage, our old pal Kalen Balage, playing the playing the Bills. Kalen Balage, 24 touches last week. What a workhorse. 45 total yards. And that's, that's, Kalen, that's, not good. that's Kalen Balage in a nutshell. It feels like it, yeah. Eventually, he'll fall into the end zone. Yep. Eventually. Yeah, he's done it twice this year. Hope he does it with the football. And he did it twice when he was the third string running back, so he certainly can do it. Is the first string running back? There's a lot of pressure on him now. Yeah, there kind of is actually, but he, uh, well, he's trying to plan to keep that job, right? Well, and they're they're playing to make the playoffs right now. They're two and seven, <laughs> one out. They're playing for something. So, yeah, I don't know. Like to me, Damian Williams, he's a start. I'm not yeah. thinking to, the McCoy thing's weird because. You had read that it was almost pre-planned, like load management. Right. Reed's quotes all suggested that. But, but then it was like, okay, so again, they have a buy in week 12. <laughs> right. So are they going to do it again this week? Right. And give them like three weeks off and really have them ready for the stretch run? I don't know. We'll, we'll, that we won't know till Monday night, right, if, Monday he's, night if he's but... playing. Uh, so the Bills, guys, this is an interesting one. I think everyone's going to play Singletary. I really like Singletary this week against the Dolphins. They have been better lately, you know, against the run. Give them credit there. The question to me is more Frank Gore. He's still around. He's still yeah. involved. He still gets goal line carries. Can you play him this week? I don't think so. I mean, it's just there's no signs that he's ever going to break like a even a 20-yard run that like yeah. makes your day. Like he's if, almost If he doesn't get a touchdown, he's a total waste of time. I was going to say he's and I don't think he's that likely to get a touchdown. He's almost a tight a tight end style touchdown or bust play. Right. So would you play him or Royce Freeman against the Vikings? Freeman. God, it feels like he's going to not do anything though. It's just like Gore what is he What's his best day? It's like 12 carries, carries for like yeah. 40 yards and a touchdown. Right, okay, but I don't know if Freeman's going to do that. Yeah, but I mean, Gore could get two points. Freeman has a better chance at a bigger day. Right, I, I wouldn't. There's no upside with Gore. Yeah, I mean, and sure, could he do some weird revenge game stuff and hometown <laughs> game stuff and score a couple touchdowns in Miami? Like, I guess so. But yeah, I mean, if if you're starting Frank Gore this week, I feel really bad for you. I know. I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, and then. <laughs> We already talked about Brian Hill. He's he, he should definitely start him. Bad matchups: the Eagles backs against the Patriots. Ronald Jones, PPR machine. Ronald Jones against the Saints. The Cardinals guys. We already talked about them against the 49ers. The Broncos guys against the Vikings. Kareem Hunt against Pittsburgh. He's back. Remember him. And Sony Michelle against the Eagles. So lots of guys. I, I wrote this week in the running back rankings. There was a lot of committees this week that had bad matchups, and that's like makes things really bad. Bad on the rankings because so for the Broncos, for instance, against the Vikings, it's like you can't trust either because that is such a split. And I think we all we all think that Lindsay's just better, but can you really trust either? I mean, trust? No, trust. They're both like relative term in playable range. I think. Um, yeah, it sort of depends what else you have. I, I think the Vikings aren't a great matchup. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. I think if they're a guy that. Most weeks you've played, mm-hmm. you probably are playing them again unless, I don't know, unless you picked up Kalen Blodge and feel really good about him or you picked up Brian Hill. 
Um, right. Those are guys you can play over them. But uh, in general, like, yeah, you already de- – I don't – I mean, most weeks, I don't know if you, like, trust either of those guys because you're just really not sure what's yeah. going to happen. So I don't know if it's that different. Yeah, but you, at least you like it when they have a Oh, uh, sure, sure. Matchup. You don't love the matchup. So, like, Ronald Jones against the Saints – you know, he still so they split carries last week, him and Peyton Barber. And Barber got a touchdown. So there's a lot of people who just looked at that and thought, oh, this is still up in the air. But Ronald Jones played way more snaps. He had eight targets, caught them all. It's kind of crazy. I mean, he's still the preferred back. Yes. But the fact that Barber did get 11 carries and got that touchdown is to me worrisome. Uh, and now they're going up against one of the best run defenses. Again, he's it's in a situation because of buys, et cetera, where you're probably playing Ronald Jones if you have him, but I don't like this spot for him either. Right. I mean, it feels like the receiving has to be an aberration, doesn't it? I mean, certainly that, to that, that offense, extent. Like, yeah, isn't known for throwing throwing to backs and right. I just I don't know where that yeah. came from, but but so if you don't get that and then you are playing against one of the best run defenses, yeah, and he's splitting carries, yeah, you don't yeah. feel great about it. No, to me, he's in the same boat as those Broncos guys. I yeah, like him a, a little more, but not really much. Right. Uh, and then the Eagles guys, I don't know. Again, New England's defense is, is a little tough to gauge, but it's you know it's been dominant. And Jordan Howard, it, he's been better. Like then, I think a lot of people thought he would be. Yeah, he just looks better. He gets the vast majority of the carries. I could definitely see him getting a rushing touchdown. Don't feel great about him, but like I feel better about him than either of the Broncos guys or Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Howard is more assured, sort of, of those lead mm-hmm. kind of carries. And Miles Sanders, uh, to me, he's almost like it's funny. He breaks big plays, and he seems to do it every single week. He gets like a thirty-yard reception or something, and it's like the question is, does it go? Does he get into the end zone right. on it? So he's he's risky, but it's almost no no more risky than he is any other week. Right, he's already sort of a yeah, press guy. A, a lot of yeah, a lot of big play potential there. Cream Hunt, you know, eleven touches last week, nine targets, played a good amount of snaps. Was on the field the same a lot of times at the same time as Nick Chubb, right. blocking for him sometimes. <laughs> yep. So, you know, only four carries. What is his upside in a given week? I feel like he's not that much different than James White. Yeah, that's actually Only, like, probably pretty better. Fa- that's probably pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. And and if anything, his carries will go up, you would think. You think? So, um, and he's, I think he's just a better all-around player. He definitely too. is a little better. So, so I think um, yeah, I, think I like a him a comparison, lot. especially in PPR. Obviously, yeah. it's one week, and if it yeah. went any number of directions, we wouldn't be surprised since he's still oh, new. Oh, for sure. But, but I think in PPR, he's like he's a play. And uh, yeah, standard. Tough he, to start him in standard, but he's maybe decent, this week he's got a decent floor. I think as long as he stays involved in the passing game, the yeah. same way that James White is never a terrible play in standard leagues. He's right. just never an awesome. At least play. at the beginning of the week, it never feels like he's going to be banned. And some weeks, it's like, oh, they didn't really use him. But that's <laughs> right. also the Patriots. But right, it does feel like Hunt is going to stay more consistently involved. I Probably mean, first week back like that to, to have him out there that much and have like. They weren't yeah. doing two running back stuff before with, like, Dontrell Hilliard. No. They obviously designed specific stuff yeah. for Chubb and Hunt, so they obviously want to use Yeah, it. a lot of stuff. And then Sony, Sony Michelle against Philly, nah, no thanks. Not yeah, interested. Yeah, pass. I mean, he could, I mean it's, he could always get that short touchdown. Yeah, but, or three. Uh, yeah, you never know. Wide receiver, some good matchups. Uh, New Orleans secondary guys, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn against Tampa. Terry McLaurin, uh, yeah, I think he's still kind of on the bubble for a lot of people, especially with Dwayne Haskins starting, but he's against the Jets in a good matchup. The Bengals, really all the Bengals guys, we're assuming A.J. Green is out again uh, there at Oakland. 
Mohamed Sanu, Philip Dorsett at Philadelphia. Debo, we already talked about him against Arizona. So we'll start with the Saints guys. And obviously, I loved them last week against Atlanta at home. Yeah. And just shut down. That was weird. So now we got this week, pretty similar matchup in terms of bad pass defense facing Tampa. Traquan Smith played more snaps last week than Ted Ginn. He really didn't do anything. I don't even know what was his targets. It was like four, right? It was four, I believe. Right. So... We kind of look at the snaps and whatnot and say he's maybe more likely to be a secondary guy than even Ginn, but we know what Ginn is. We know what he right, does. Right. And maybe the biggest worry is just, are the Saints going to get it together? It, I mean, it seems like it, but last week was so out of the blue that mm-hmm. maybe something weird's going on there. Um, but, but it back. does feel like it. The, the hard part with either Smith or Ginn and maybe this is why Ginn should be preferred in fantasy, right. even if Smith's preferred in real life, is like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are going to get so much of the action. And Cook for that and they, Yeah, they targeted Cook 10 times yeah. last week. So let's say there's seven targets to go between Smith and Ginn. Even if Smith gets five of them, it feels like Ginn has a better chance at a touchdown yeah. or a big play, right? Yeah. So um, they're both in a decent spot for sure. They're They're tricky... I mean, they're like a flex kind of guy. I guess mm-hmm. if you were in PPR and you were choosing one, you'd choose Smith. And if you were in standard, you'd probably choose Ginn. Right. Um, but all kinds of outcomes with both of them. Yeah, they're 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 tough to figure. I mean, Smith, you know, he has big play upside too, but it's just they use him differently. I think. Yeah. So now McLaurin, his last three games: eleven yards, thirty-nine yards, thirty-nine yards. And now he's played San Francisco, Minnesota, Buffalo. Yep. So three pretty brutal matchups. Yeah. This week gets the Jets, one of the worst teams against. Fantasy wide receivers, you know, the, uh, you, you do the whole like, okay, is Haskins a downgrade? Well, you think you got the college connection there, they, they should be on the same page, you, you know. Would hope, yeah. Uh, so I'm fine with starting him, I really wouldn't think twice. He's good enough, yeah. I agree. I think he, he just has that, that much talent. Uh, the Bengals guys. You know, Boyd, we heard he was banged up at the end of last week, but we haven't seen any updates on it. Yeah, he must be fine if we haven't seen it. I guess so, yeah. But so the real question now is Auden Tate and maybe even Alex Erickson, who I guess was also banged up too. But Auden Tate played every snap last week. And, you know, I had him on my team, so I was really monitoring. I thought, okay, here come the garbage time numbers. And I don't think he had a target in the second half. He definitely didn't have a catch. I know that much. But he played every snap. So now you got Oakland. Another one of these teams, top five fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And I don't know. I just feel like this dude's going to have a really good week. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part. I'm trying to speak it into existence. But we keep saying, man, he looks the part. He looks good. He's had good games. But it's Ryan Finley, first road start. I don't know. I don't know what that team's doing. Yeah, I mean, it feels like good floor kind of thing for Tate. But even even that, who knows, like you were saying, for some reason. Yeah. I mean, but they weren't really throwing at all. I mean. I think that is somehow the biggest concern. If right. They, they've put Finley in, but they don't really trust him, so maybe he, yeah. he they keep the ball on the ground a ton. But, but yeah, I mean, I think you feel good about Tate, um, assuming Green's out, and, and Boyd is is solid if, if Green's out and Boyd's healthy. Right. But, I mean, something like Erickson is, is reaching too far. Yeah, I'm calling a touchdown for Auden Tate this week. I feel good about so. it. He's due. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, who lit it up in, before the Patriots bye, but a game where they were trailing the whole time. Don't know if that skews it at all. Tough to say, but now they're playing a team that has an awful secondary, a really good run defense. You figure they'll be throwing a lot. So you're obviously playing Julian Edelman, but Sanu and Dorsett, can you trust either? Can you trust both? I definitely like Sanu. I think um, 
yeah. the way his, his playing time rose from his first week with the Pats to his second week, along with the fact that he got, I mean, 14 targets, whether you're trailing, you're winning, I mean, 14 right. targets is a lot of targets. Yeah. And it says that they were trying to get him involved or he was getting in spots where, where Brady wanted to throw to him, and that's encouraging. Um, Dorsett feels like a slightly better version of Ted Ginn, mm-hmm. except, I mean, since the news been there, they, he's been a total after, Dorsett's been a total afterthought. So, yeah. I mean, I I don't really feel any better and, about him. And also again. we got Nikhil Harry probably coming yeah, uh, that, that's true too. Coming back, so to speak, this week that could throw things out, out of whack as well. Right. So yeah, I think you're right. Trust the new. Don't feel great about him. Honestly, I don't. I think almost everyone else is just all in, and it's just I've seen it too many times with the Patriots. They do weird things, but yeah, you're right. Like that many targets last week, that that much involvement. It feels like he's not. You know, they traded for him. They wanted to go get him. Right. You trade a second round pick for a guy. Yeah. You at least have an idea in your mind of what he's going to do. Yeah. We talked about Debo. Uh, Obviously, he's contingent on Emmanuel Sanders' status. So the bad matchups this week, Alshon Jeffrey against the Patriots. Uh, pretty much all the Lions guys, I'll include Kenny Galladay in there against the Cowboys. All the Rams guys, I get, like, you know, to me, Cooper Cup's still a must-start. But after last week, I guess we'll just include him because there might be some owners wondering if they should. He's against Chicago. Devontae Parker against the Bills. Uh, both the, you know, Christian Kirk, three touchdown Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, who really hasn't done anything in a month plus there against San Francisco and the Steelers receivers against Cleveland. So we'll start with Alshon Jeffrey. I think it's kind of an easy one. Just sit him. Sit him. He could score a touchdown, but so be it. No, nope, sit him. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore, tough. The Lions guys, you know, we kind of already talked about Galladay. You say start him. I'm a little, eh, I'd probably say start him, but to me it's real close, real borderline. Uh, Marvin Jones, though? No. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big play guy, but that's, you know, then you might as well go with Ted Ginn, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just or Philip Dorsett in a better matchup. Rams guys, I think you got to still start Cup, yeah, but Woods. Sure. Woods is the tough one. Woods is right on the edge, um, and I think that's very team context-based. Right. I mean, I think because of sort of his role in the offense is the shorter, intermediate guy who mm-hmm. who's going to get some receptions, at least on his good days, um, you do you feel okay about his floor? Probably doesn't have a huge ceiling against the right. Bears. Um, but I probably would start Woods over over one of the Saints guys or over Dorsett, I think, but, mm-hmm. but, but barely. Yeah, I'm trying to look up Woods here, what he's done. So he hasn't scored at all this year. He's due. That's one way to look Positive at it. Positive regression? I mean, he did have 7 for 95 last week on 11 targets now. Kind of there. I think there was some garbage time in there, but... Two for 36, five for 80 the week before that. Shut out against San Francisco the week before that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you probably still start him, I think. Devontae Parker is a tough one because he's actually been pretty kind of consistently solid. Kind of high floor. He had like the four touchdowns of five games. Last week he had a ton of targets. No Preston Williams. He's clearly the number one receiver there. But facing the Bills, facing Tredavious White, one of the toughest matchups a receiver can have. How do you treat that one? I don't want to touch Tredavious right. He's been too good. Right. Um, he hasn't given up anything pretty much all year. Right. Um, it, I guess if you have to, I mean, you can sort of be yeah. you can sort of be pretty confident the Dolphins are going to throw to Parker like mm-hmm. seven times. But man, I mean, if you if you had something else, that's yeah, one, that's one of the toughest matchups. And Fitzpatrick will force it. Yeah, I know. He'll force it in there. But I don't think it'll work. It is a revenge. Yeah. I mean, one of many revenge games for Fitzpatrick. So yeah, he can do a whole tour basically. Yeah. So yeah, I don't feel good about Parker either. Like he's on my bench, and I don't have good receivers, so that should tell <laughs> you a lot. True. Um, yeah, because I'm starting. Hopefully, I'm starting Will Fuller. If Will Fuller's out, I'm starting 
uh, Devontae Parker over him, I think. But, uh, yeah, and I'm starting Pascal and Juju, who we'll talk about in a second, and uh, some other bum. I don't know who it is. Anyway, uh, Fitzpatrick and Kirk. Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, sorry. Fitzgerald and Kirk against the 49ers. I don't I don't like either. No, I really don't. I don't either. I just think it's a shutdown game for the Cardinals passing game. Right. Yeah, tough to sit a guy when he just had three touchdowns. Right, for especially you. when you might have just had him on your bench. Oh yeah, this is a classic point chasing week for people yep. with Kirk, especially if he was on on their bench. He shouldn't have been on your bench though. No, but I mean, he sort of probably was on the board. He probably was your last receiver. Yeah, because he, he was out so. and then he came back yeah. and he did nothing. So I so, get it. But yeah, yeah. and then the, so the last one, the Steelers guys, this is interesting because Juju. I think that, that's well documented how up and down and just untrustworthy he is. More more down than up, and then. James Washington all of a sudden is doing what we thought he'd do in the preseason. Obviously, Deontay Johnson had some big games earlier. And here we go against Cleveland, who we don't think of as a good defense, but they allow, they're like sixth or seventh fewest fantasy points to receivers. I, I really don't know. But then they always give up two passing touchdowns to quarterbacks, right. like almost every week. I guess it's all going to tight ends or running backs. It's just a weird. And then it's Thursday, so just. Throw everything up. Yeah, crazy stuff happens. I'm starting Juju, and I'm honestly not really doubting it. Maybe that partly because Devontae Parker is, has a bad matchup, et cetera. But um, I don't know. Is there any reason to to like be extra worried, I'll put it that way, because of the matchup? Or are you just worried about them because of Mason Rudolph? Like you're always worried about Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, you're worried about them. And, and Cleveland, I mean, generally is thought of as having two good cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's played out okay like that this year when those guys have been healthy. So, mm-hmm. so certainly I don't think you consider anyone past Juju. Um, so even I, the Washington thing, you're not buying into. I, like to be honest, I'm buying into it a little bit. Like seemingly they've made an effort to get him more involved. Right. I don't think it really plays out this week, at least in a way that you can you can be super confident. Maybe it's a two week flash in the pan like Deontay Johnson seemed to be earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Johnson still plays more in Washington for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, Juju. I mean, Juju's been worse than these guys for a lot of weeks, but it still feels like if you're starting one of them, it's Juju. Well, and, and otherwise, you probably wait until Sunday and seeing if guys are healthy, or you're not you're not rushing one of those other Steelers. Yeah, and just two games ago, Juju was solid. Yeah, he's had a couple big touchdowns to show. Like he is a big play guy too. So it's just I don't know. It's just I have a feeling that game's just gonna be stupid. Like a Thursday night. I think night, it will be stupid, gross, but stupid can stupid sometimes game. mean points. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't feel good. I don't. I never feel good about playing Juju, ever. Be just, again, because this feels like this could just be Connor and checkdowns all game. Yep, good old Connor John, and John Smith. We lost. I wonder if that means we're supposed to wrap it up. That's the <laughs> that's the wrap it up sign. The, <laughs> the light going out on the TV background. All right, let's get to tight end, though. Ross Dwelly uh, against Arizona. We already talked about that. Tyler Eifert against Oakland. TJ Hawkinson against Dallas. Jason Witten against Detroit. These are sort of the borderline tight ends with good matchups. I like to mean those are like 9, 10, 11, 12 in our tight end rankings. Uh, you know, do, who do you play those guys over? Like OJ Howard, the Colts guys, et cetera, who maybe you played last week right. because of matchups. At that point in the tight end rankings, to me, it's all matchups. Those guys get enough targets. Like Hawkinson, quietly, 13 targets over the past two weeks. He's not doing anything with him. But when you're facing the team allowing the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends, I'll play you then. You know, Um, Tyler Eifert, same thing. Two good games in a row. He's facing, I think, the second worst team against tight ends. Cool, I'll play you. 
Uh, and then next week you'll be far, far away from my team. But is there anyone there you specifically like or or you don't trust regardless of the stats? I mean, Kittle out. Well, he's a great player. We already yeah. talked about that. I think I like Hawkinson better than, than Eifert. Mm-hmm. And, and Witten's a distant fourth for me. Um, okay. Mr. Red Zone, Jason Witten? Hey, yeah. I mean, might yeah. get a touchdown. Well, same, just same too many as, weapons, right? Yeah, that like definitely You, you can beat Detroit with anyone, yeah. and this is a run-based team. They have right. Amari Cooper. I mean, Allison Randall Cobb now is getting targets, yeah. plus Gallup. So, yeah, right. that's the problem with them. Eifert is, I guess, right on the border for me. Mm-hmm. The matchup is great. Um, I mean, obviously, you're never quite sure what Finley's going to do. Maybe he's all into the tight end, like they say yeah. rookie quarterbacks are supposed to be, or or maybe he shits the bed. But, uh, yeah. Eifert's a fine play, but I, I do like Hawkinson to continue getting some targets. And right. it feels like if he keeps getting targets one of these weeks, he'll turn him into something. Yeah, eventually again. So the bad matchup, Zach Ertz against the Patriots, Kyle Rudolph, kind of. That gets an asterisk a little bit against Denver, and Darren Fells against Baltimore. The reason I say that about Rudolph is when you look at the numbers, Denver allows a good amount of catches and yards, but they haven't allowed, is it any or one? Like, they've allowed very few tight end touchdowns. I think they've allowed three. There's another team that's allowed, oh, I think it was the Vikings, that are like third in tight end catches, but they've allowed zero touchdowns uh, to tight end. So you look at that kind of thing. So a guy like Noah Fan actually, he could be on here somewhere, both good and bad, right. depending how you look at it. Right. You know, he had 115 yards. Basically, he had a 75-yard touchdown catch two weeks ago. And that was really it, but it was something. And for the game, he was over 100 yards. People might have gotten excited about him. And then you look at this Vikings, and it's going to be, I think, red. And not even yellow, red, if you're in Yahoo, like, bad matchup. And then it's like, but is it? They just have kind of gotten lucky. If you've allowed zero tight end touchdowns, that's, to me, a little bit more a product of luck than anything else if you've allowed that many catches. Yeah, that's crazy. They've allowed the third most catches to tight ends. Yeah. And now, you know, they've played an extra game. They haven't had their buy yet. But even catches per game, they're still, like, top five, I think. So I don't know what to make of that. The bottom line is, to me, Brandon Allen's his quarterback. And he's never had more than like three catches in a game. Yeah. So I don't feel good about yeah, Noah Fan. Don't, don't worry about Noah Fan. But Kyle Rudolph, it's not quite as drastic, but similar. So you look at a guy, he's hot, obviously, with Thielen out. He has some touchdowns. I mean, I, he's playable. He's on the border to me, maybe a little more in PPR than standard. But I don't feel great about him this week either. Yeah, I don't feel great about Rudolph or, or Fells. Although I think Fells probably one of those guys people th- forget yeah. about over his bye. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, he, like he might have a quiet week this week too, and then he'll be a good next good week's good matchup. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I I had picked him up in advance for Travis Kelsey's week twelve bye, but then I got in a roster crunch and had to right. cut him. So. I mean, Ertz is obviously the most interesting against oh, the yeah. Patriots. Like. Um, mo- He's already obviously been a disappointment. Um, doesn't yeah. feel like he has that great of upside week to week. But then you look at it and you're like, okay, Tyler Eifert, TJ Hawkinson, or Zach Ertz. It feels hard to sit Ertz. But like, right. they, those guys both could have better games than Ertz. Yeah. It definitely feels like the touchdown potential isn't too high for Ertz against New England, which which hurts if he's going to keep having, you know, four for 50. Yeah, no I mean, touchdown, he, that's not he had the big game before their bye. Right. But the games leading up to that weren't good. And I was saying earlier, like, you know, we always hear, it annoys me when people say this because I feel all teams do this, but uh, Belichick's going to take away your best option. Okay, great. Like other coaches are just like, who's their best player? I don't worry about him. Yeah, he can have a big day. But it's like, no, but if you think about the the Eagles, you're like, okay, Gilmore's on Jeffrey. Yep. Taken care of. We can probably stop their run. It's just their run. We play our defense. So the best, the next best player by far is Ertz. Yeah. So you think they're going to try to funnel stuff to Nelson Aguilar? Uh, you know what I mean? Huge Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Or like coming. even Goddard. Right. Like you know what? Let's throw to this guy. Go ahead. Um, 
So I don't like Ertz this week at all, but yeah, he's just too good, right? You can't sit him. That's what we've been saying all season. I know. That's the problem. I know. You know at some point. Pull but, the trigger. But, like I Have some guts. Th- I think I would pull the trigger on Dwelly over Ertz. Yeah, I actually agree with that, but, which is insane, I mean, right? Yeah, but I mean, Hawkinson... Mm, yeah, he could easily do what Hawkinson does. Right, easily. right. It feels yeah. like Ertz... He's going to get more chances, right, too. Right, right. All right, defense. Not a lot this week in terms of, like, the waiver wire strings. No, this is really ugly. It's real ugly. It's, uh, which is kind of weird because I guess some of the defenses, like... The Seahawks and the Titans and the Packers are kind of classic stream teams and good matchups. None of them are must-starts. Right. And then the Giants are a stream-against team. And even the Titans, to some degree, kind of are. At least we thought they were, but maybe they're not. Anyway, this week, Jets and Redskins play each other. So you can just throw both those. And then uh, the Raiders. Who would have thought? Playing the Bengals at home. Third straight home game for the Raiders after that, like, six-week road trip. Uh, Out of those... You know, the Redskins are at home against the Jets, so maybe that gives them a slight edge. I kind of like the Jets a little better. Yeah, I just, just against Haskins, they're probably also a little bit better at defense. A little, you know, maybe. they had a big play last week, uh, touchdown. I think they kind of have more playmakers. Yeah, I agree with that. But pretty similar if you're looking for a stream. I think they're they're pretty solid, both of those. And I actually think the Raiders will get the job done, too. You know, they had a couple takeaways the last few games, and Ryan Finley and the Bengals just— they're, they're going to turn it over. They're going to allow sacks. Right. They're certainly not going to, like, have a blow-up kind of game that just, like, crushes your Raiders defense. Yeah. I mean, they might get some points late that hurts the points allowed, but, yeah. but if they don't Raiders will be fine. Early, it doesn't hurt that much. Right. So the bad ones, I, I don't, you know, not, these teams, how much are they even started still? Like the Eagles, I don't think anyone's playing them against the Pats. It's not really a worry, especially because they were on bye last week. The Panthers. Yeah, I'm not opposed to playing them at home against Atlanta, but you know they'll get sacks. That's what they do. But other than that, I don't really like them. And then the Bears are the big one that I think people you drafted them as high as you probably drafted them. You're going to stubbornly stick with them. They've done nothing since week five, the start of week five. Eight total sacks, four total takeaways. I think it's five games that encompasses. They're allowing 22 points a game in that span. It's, yeah, golf was terrible last week. Although that fumble, I still haven't gotten a great explanation on I why that. No idea why that was. I tweeted it out from the fantasy account on Sunday. Yeah, and it's had people quote tweeting it through today, like confused about why it's a fumble. Right, people don't know what's going on. So because there was another one later that day, I think or, it was. Uh, it was on Sunday night, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yes, Kirk Cousins. I think so. Kirk Cousins had a very similar. Play, right, it right? may have been slightly more. Fingers pointed forward. Well, but more of his, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. But, but anyway, so I don't know. But, yeah, the Rams. But, again, home versus road, golf. I think it matters. And the Rams, like, they still have talent. They're still, like, creative. I don't know. They're, it feels, though, like the, the no gir- – or not no girly, but debilitated girly is yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Like, a huge deal. Yeah. Um. So I think the Bears – like it might be played in like the low twenties, but as far as takeaways and whatnot, they'll get some sacks too because uh, the Rams line is decimated. But overall, I I just don't. I think they have a very low low ceiling. Yeah, they're fine this week. If you've decided to stick with the Bears this long, but you would grab- you rather play Jets, Redskins, and Raiders? Like I, I would, know. and I wouldn't think twice. Yeah, I don't know. The way Goff has looked has sort of got me thinking. Right, that the Bears would be fine. It, but. I mean, like, I wouldn't have the Bears on any of my teams because you would have had to reach on them, right? All right. And well, I feel like someone dropped them. Let, okay, if someone dropped them, I'd feel fine about the Bears this week. I would okay. probably 
play the Jets over them if all else was equal. Um, but I might play them over the Redskins and Raiders just because I don't think those defenses are as talented. Right. And I don't think the matchup is that different. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm lower on the Bears than you. But still, like, I think they're still ranked 13th because it's such a bad, it's such a tough week for defenses yeah. that yeah. there aren't a lot of other great options that aren't already owned. So... That about covers that. Is there anything else? Did we miss anything? Well, if you listen this long, we got to give you two nuggets. Hit them. Return, eligible to return in week 12 from mm-hmm. injury is David Njoku, mm-hmm. who, considering how tight end is, he, and he looks healthy and ready to come back, so he right. should be back week 12, and seemingly will be ready and eligible to return in week 13 is John Ross okay. for the Bengals. Um, it's going to hurt Auden Tate? Who knows what happens with those Bengals receivers, especially if Green magically gets healthy. So maybe Ross is less exciting and another week off. But Njoku, if, you, if you've been in a weird battle with tight ends, yeah. and they play the Dolphins in Week 12. So, Perfect. I mean, not an amazing tight end matchup, but it's still the Dolphins. So right. if you need a little tight end help, maybe stash Njoku. Yeah, not bad. We're always got to be looking ahead now. That's what this is all about. If, if you get to, like, Saturday and your roster's set, you just look ahead, stash guys. That's why we have we put, put the watch list up every week to try to get you a step ahead. Pick up guys who come next Monday, people are going to be like, oh, I need to pick this guy up. So get him, get him in advance as a free agent. Also, you know? I just have to s- sit yeah. here for 10 seconds and ask why more people aren't picking up Darius guys. I don't get it. Uh, I mean, I kind of get it in the sense that I don't think he's going to do much, but at the same time, you should have him in case he does do something. Well, I mean, yeah, who is who are the, like the six yeah. or seven guys you have on your bench that are like, like Geis has some upside mm-hmm. and like probably some pretty good upside, at least from what we've seen in real limited bursts and what his pedigree is. Now, yeah. Who knows if the injuries have sapped some of that, but like right. who are you picking up as a running back in week 11 that has anywhere near the upside to that guy? Like, well, it's not even that. I think, you know, what's weird this year is, like, there are good buys this week, and next week, for sure, at least the Vikings and Chiefs. Yeah. So this year, more than I remember in the past anyway, and maybe it's just because it affects my team specifically, but it's like, I feel like I have to worry about buys later in this year than I have in the past. Okay. yeah. And so that's, and then you throw in an injury or two, and next thing you know, you're like, I don't have the space to pick anyone up. Right. Um. Because I I'm forced to play crappy players right. like I'm forced to keep crappy receivers on my team because of Thielen and Fuller and etc. Right. So I don't know like I only got one defense right now. Do you know how tough that is for me? Yeah, for you that's that's. Uh... But the thing is, I'm riding them the rest of the way because it's Pittsburgh and they're awesome and they have a cake schedule going forward. So yeah, and, and that Mika, made life easier. The football on me. gods keep handing Minka Fitzpatrick weird touchdowns that make Twitter love him more. I know. But so yeah. So anyway, all right, that's that. Week 11. I bet week 12 will be a big week, too. I just have a feeling. Will it be bigger? Yeah. It'll be very close to the fantasy playoffs. It's getting pretty big. It'll be bigger. It'll be bigger. Week 12 will be bigger, so we'll be back. And it'll be a day before my birthday. There you go. The podcast, so... Yeah. Eight, eight days till I get older. No one cares about birthdays. I don't get older in the next eight days, but in eight days I will be older. All right. Good to know. All right. So that's it for Billy Hay and I'm Matt Letusky. Thanks for listening, and until next time.